Welcome into episode 102. It's our favorite episode of the year. It is our mock draft special. After a long hiatus, we have Shannon and Kevin back on with us. The three of us are going to take turns rotating, picking our picks. Two of us get 10 picks. Shannon, by luck of the draw, got number 11. Only 31 picks in the first round this year because the Miami Dolphins lost theirs due to tampering violations, so their punishment is to lose a draft pick. Uh, but if you've never done this before, we just rotate, take our time, um, and give each uh, give each other some criticism or feedback on how we think everybody did. Kevin reporting live from the Bills war room, it appears to be. So Kevin gets the Bills pick, Shannon gets the Bengals pick, and then I kind of fill out a rotation from there. It was nice that those two pick back-to-back this year to make it easy for me. That was nice of them. Uh, do we need to talk about NBA or anything else before we jump into this? We've got the... Knicks closed out my beloved Cavaliers, uh, RIP Cavs. The Grizz stay alive against the Lakers. Warriors and Kings and the Nail Biters were talking about this. And for those of us picks the, who picked the Bucks to win the whole thing, they are barely leading the Heat right now. So if they could change that, that'd be fantastic. I'm very excited to see the Bucks Bucks lose purely because all you guys picked them to win, and I didn't. So one Heat, thing I. Guess. I... I guess I'm I'm curious on I I haven't tuned into the NHL playoffs yet. Uh, typically during this episode, we're talking about how the Wild had some of the best records in the NHL and then get swept out of the playoffs. So I'm curious to know if they've been swept yet, and was it like four one four two? What what that was like in their first round exit? I was hoping to they, get a- uh, they were not swept. Where were we? Yeah, they are. They're on two to three. They were a lower seed than the the stars. Um, there's a lot of some controversy over some maybe bad calls and I don't know, game three ish or something like that that they lost. So I'm gonna say they should be up three to two. Um, they'll probably lose, but they're at home, so they'll win tonight. Or let's see, was this Friday? They'll win on Friday, three three, losing game seven. <laughs> I was hoping to do a full throated NHL playoff preview on this we've just run out of time hopefully we can get that in next week's episode when we break down the draft i am trying to get the nhl bracket schedule here pulled up quick espn is not helping me out at all but we've got the seattle kraken if you want to jump on the kraken bandwagon they're sticking with the abs so far dallas minnesota 3-2 friday night it's at minnesota you guys could go you know it's a good uh you should find some videos of uh, the games there, pre-games there. It's a great atmosphere for uh, for watching hockey. Probably as good as you're going to find, especially come playoff time. Speaking of going to live sporting events, are you guys going to go to the draft? It is in Kansas City, and it is free to go. I'm not going, and my excuse is my new job. So a year ago when uh, it came out, my next-door neighbor at the time is a huge chiefs fan, like almost a sickening level of fandom. And we were like, okay, we're going to go, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go down Thursday. We'll leave it like noon, hang out, have a good time. Um, but with me getting my new job, I really can't disappear for, for the day. So uh, it would be fun though, to go at some point in time. I should see there's a, an individual I know that's a, a big chiefs fan as well. He was uh, he's down at the Chiefs Bengals game with some other people here that went to that game. Um, but I know one time he uh, he skipped his son's basketball game to go to a Chiefs game. It was just like a 
early regular season game or something like that. So he may be to the the fandom of going to uh, something like this to stand there and watch the Chiefs make one pick six hours into the show or however long you got to stand there for that. Without further ado, let's get into this thing. So by our rotation, Shannon gets the first overall pick, so he is on the clock with the Carolina Panthers. A uh, couple reasons why I'm going to take this pick and move on is to get you guys to uh, panic a little bit, but also I want to talk a lot more later about other picks. Easy first pick in this draft, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Good job. We So Andrew and I broke down the prospects last week and what we like and don't like about certain names. I'm all in on Bryce Young. I think he is Drew Brees-esque potential, the intangibles, the leadership, the poise, everything he can do on the field. He was the number one high school prospect when he came out. And I'm I'm not worried about the physicality. I'm not worried about the size. I think he'll be sturdy. He'll hang in there. I think he's got that Joe Burrow cool composed attitude and i think you can make all the plays it's it's smart easy i think bryce young is the easy pick to make here i fully agree with everything you guys said and and some of us might have a a bet on him being the first person going so plus 155 so let's uh let's make some money i think i got him at plus 300 quite a while ago i'm hoping that hits yeah, mine was mine's December. I placed my bet. I should have should have gone earlier than that, but that's probably been a low. I don't know what he is now, but so I have pick number two. Now, question here: We always have to clarify this. Are we picking what we would do if we were in their shoes, or what we think will happen Thursday night? I say what you would do because you can talk to uh, why why you're making a pick, and not just because some team has a bad GM. <laughs> all right are we all in agreement on that i it's more fun that way just because then we can be like oh darren took Derek stingley jr because he doesn't know what football looks like and neither do the texans but then it then we can kind of more make fun of you instead of just being like well here's what the panthers will do i think stingley ended up as the third pick last year if i remember yeah he did he should have gone 103rd <laughs> What did uh, Sauce Gardner go, like fifth or something? Wasn't he fourth? Not third. He was fourth. The pick after Stingley. Still there. Yep. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure that all went. All right. Well, second pick, we have the Texans on the board again. A common thing here we see in the top five of drafts. Again, I don't know that I love this player. I think to me he's more of a curiosity. Some people are absolutely in love with him. With a bit of trepidation, just to go with the flow, I'll put C.J. Stroud here. Everybody loves the arm and the accuracy. I'm not sold on him being better than Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. I don't. I need to see more before I buy into it. I just think playing at Ohio State when you can throw to Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and a whole other stable of wide receivers makes life a little bit easier. But I'll 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 ride with everybody else and risk going with C.J. Stroud. So even with future Hall of Famer Davis Mills on your roster, you're taking a quarterback at two. That seems interesting. Well, that'll give Stroud like three years to sit like Aaron Rodgers did by a hall, behind a Hall of Famer. That's a good point. Being able to sit early is very important. It's good planning and then. 
I, I'm glad you took Stroud because you could do something really stupid here, like take a overrated defensive player, um, and and uh, maybe the Texans. And you have learned from your past mistakes. You you have nothing without a quarterback. And I I'm the first person to be anti Ohio State quarterback as far back as as I can look in a draft. Um, you. you like go back to the nineties with Joe Germain and he did nothing. And then uh, Smith, Troy Smith won a Heisman and did nothing. Um, I think Justin Fields might be able to turn the corner a little bit uh, with that. CJ Stroud is the one that, that will get to change my perception of Ohio state quarterbacks. Uh, so, so I do like the pick of CJ Stroud and I think he's going to have a, a great pro career. I've seen a lot of of people talking about not taking a quarterback at number two and getting a little wild. So Stroud or whoever, it'll be interesting to see if they actually do go not quarterback at number two, which might not be a great decision with the the options you'll have at two, but um, it'll be interesting to see. And I did not have Joe Germain being mentioned during this (laughs) podcast recording tonight. So that's very exciting. Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. And we should clarify that we do not do any trades. We just take it straight up based on what the NFL has going on right now. So we're not going to trade any draft picks. I do wonder if the Texans are a candidate to trade down if a we hear teams like the Titans or maybe the Vikings really falling in love with one of these quarterbacks, or maybe if if the Panthers go crazy and don't take Bryce Young, what kind of haul could the Texans get to trade back? There's some scuttlebutt about that. Also this insanity that Will Levis is now the number two prospect or top overall pick, but we are, we're not riding with that, at least from the two of us, three of us. But that puts Kevin on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals, the franchise that everybody seems to want to be leaving. Will they have Budaker? Will they have DeAndre Hopkins? Will they have anybody? So if I'm them, I feel like you're in a good position because you think quarterbacks might go one and two and, you're not looking for a quarterback, so you're really, really open to whatever you want. There's three guys that I'm interested in all playing the defensive front. And if any of those guys get taken, um, two of the guys there at the top of your list. Actually, all three of those guys at the top of your list there. Um, Jalen Carter is probably the last guy that I'd be interested in, so I'm looking at an edge guy. I don't know if I love the idea of taking a guy who's maybe a little bit more of a project per se. Um you know, maybe a high ceiling with Tyree Wilson. And so I'm going to go with the guy who I, I think I feel pretty comfortable will be really good and can be a solid player for a long time. Will Anderson, junior, Alabama, University of. Well, speaking of bets, I do have I do have a bet on Will Anderson at uh, pick number 3.3 3 and a half. So as long as Anderson goes in the top three, I'm set. But I get a little nervous that the Cardinals are a prime candidate to trade back if somebody wants a quarterback. I think there's a lot to be said for that, and and it'll be fun to see how that plays out because, Kevin, you made a point earlier of of people at number two, like do the if the Texans take Tyree Wilson, the, the Texas Tech player, then the draft gets crazy and the Cardinals are going to name their price for who wants CJ Stroud. So, I mean, it's, it's in the realm of possibility. I'm glad you took Will Anderson. He's the best player in the draft defensive wise. 
Um, it's, it's either him or Bryce Young, and then you wonder why Alabama is so good. Well, they have the two best players in the draft. That says a lot. Um, Will Anderson's a stud pick, uh, smart pick. I know we talked about him last year. Like he would have been a top 10 pick last year. So uh, great, great job out of you by taking him. I am almost always pro trade back if you can. Will Anderson can be a, a Hall of Fame player, but if you just have one Hall of Fame player and the rest of your defense is bad, that's not as good as having two really good players that you can get. So two, three good players, you know, whatever you might get out of uh, a good trade of that high of a draft pick. So if you, if someone's coming for a quarterback, especially in that situation that Stroud or whoever your number two quarterback is, is still available, I would say take. Take any trades that look really juicy. So last year, Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and Kayvon Thibodeau all went in the top five. Hutchinson's my favorite of the bunch. I still think Will Anderson is better than those three. So smart pick here. On to pick number four, Shannon's got the Indianapolis Colts, maybe the most talked about team in the top five, if not the entire draft feels like. So I'm at a, I'm at a problem here because what I would do is far different than what the Colts are going to do. So, so let it be known that I, I don't think the Colts are going to make the pick that I will pick. Um, They are, they are in love with a different player. I don't understand why. Um, and, and since uh, we kind of need help everywhere on the roster, give me a stud. I will take Jalen Carter. Interesting. The off the field stuff doesn't worry me. It does for some players. It doesn't bother me with him. Uh, the only thing that bothers me is he was a little out of shape for his pro day. Um but you you watch him play against high level competition. We're going to see some offensive tackles taken tonight in the draft. Um, and and he owned all of them in the SEC. Um, he's he's a freak on the field. So I want the best player in the draft, not the third best quarterback in the draft. The the off the field stuff I'm not worried about as well. This is the NFL. They somebody's going to take a chance. They're not going to be too worried about that. Uh, got last year's draft pulled up in front of me. Trayvon Walker went first overall, Jordan Davis, 13th, Quay Walker, 22nd, and uh, Lewis Seen uh, went 32nd. All Georgia defensive players, and everybody says Jalen Carter is better than any of them. So that should tell you something about his, at least his ceiling and his potential. So I'm on the board here with the Seahawks at five. I kind of expected Carter to fall to me. That would have been my safety draft pick. So Seattle getting the pick here by virtue of the Russell Wilson trade with uh, the Broncos. So my top three areas for them are defensive tackle, offensive line, and wide receiver. Jalen Carter is too perfect of a fit, but he's no longer an option for me. So I've got to look at the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with a guy who just is... Where do I go? I was going to say Skaronsky, but they're kind of set at tackle, and I don't know that I want to kick Skaronsky inside. You messed him up, Shannon. Good. That's the whole point of this. I mean, I could pick Clemson defensive linemen, but I know some people have an axe to grind against them. Uh, (laughs) I'd say edge rusher is not the biggest need for the Seahawks, but I'm going to do the same thing. Just pick the best player on the board, and that's Tyree Wilson at this point in time. 
Guy started at Texas A&M, went to Texas Tech, so didn't really get a lot of national attention until the draft process. Just your prototypical, Will Anderson's more your small, compact Von Miller type. Tyree Wilson is that big, long Bosa brother or Miles Garrett type player. Seahawks don't necessarily need defensive end the most, but I think they can rotate him in. They had uh, Boye Mafe as a young guy they got last year. I think you can really tighten down your edge rushers here. And Seattle has another pick later on, so they can shore up whether it's interior, the defensive line, offensive line, or help get another wide receiver. Seattle's putting together a nice little roster, and this is icing on the cake for them. Solid pick. Which gives Kevin pick number six with the Detroit Lions, the weirdly buzzworthy Detroit Lions that everybody loves now. So uh, your pick and this pick here, very nice trades, how those things worked out for the the Seahawks and the Lions, that they're kind of up-and-coming teams, played really well, especially at the late in last season, and here they are getting to draft nice and high with picks later in the first round too. So very, very happy teams you got there. Um, Lions, I'm going to go defense. They got lots of weapons on offense. Feel good about the offense. Defense, pass defense especially not very good um near the bottom and pass defense but one thing they were really bad at was allowing really big plays they were last place in yards per attempt on defense yards per completion all those things giving up big plays left and right so i need a cornerback um there's a couple guys that are are slated to go kind of high i'm going devin witherspoon illinois to uh hopefully lock down a little bit more on defense help the defense out to pair with the the solid offense they got going and maybe the lions are actually uh, a pretty solid team come 2023. Like that pick. He's a good player. Um, you, you will be happy with him on an up and coming team that is loaded with young talent. I, th- I think that's a much better pick than Okuda was a couple of years ago. This, I think cornerback may be the best position in this class. I think six, maybe seven corners go in the first round. It's loaded. The A lot of guys here at the top, kind of Devin Witherspoon versus Christian Gonzalez is the conversation, depending on which style you like more. The Lions got a couple guys, some veterans there to kind of hold down the fort for now, but I could very easily see Witherspoon becoming that starting cornerback within a, just a few games for them. So Shannon is back up at number seven with the Las Vegas Raiders. And seeing how this has played out, I'm as I'm the Raiders, I'm going to be really happy with either Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez because they're both ballers. Christian Gonzalez getting to play against some really good pass teams in the Pac-12, um, probably more so than Witherspoon with Illinois. Um, but we're splitting hairs there, right? Like both of these guys are elite. You're going to be happy with either one. So Christian Gonzalez is the pick for the Raiders. You know, talk about uh, between those two, the Lions and Raiders probably feel pretty good because no no one I don't think is be looking cornerback ahead of them. And so while you're a few spots down, you're probably getting one of the, the top things that you're looking for. And, you know, I think – Either one of those two guys, you'll be happy to land. Don't mind if my computer has a meltdown while we're doing this. Uh, so we got Christian Gonzalez going seven. I watched a lot of Oregon Duck football this year. 
I'm not quite as in love with Christian Gonzalez as everybody else seems to be. He's got that long, silky smooth playing style. I just like to see him be a little bit more of a cover hitter player like Devin Witherspoon. Let's hope that keeps fixing itself at some point in time. So I'm back in here at number eight. Atlanta feels like they kind of need everything but weapons. So with them, smart pick is always typically defense. I think linebacker and safety be their top two needs. I don't know that I love anybody this in this spot for them. Uh, not a lot of linebackers, not a lot of safeties high in this class. Mm-hmm. I'm tempted to go wide receiver, but they just took a receiver at eight. Uh, I'm going to go pick a guy. I don't think he's the best. I think he's the most versatile. I'm going to go with Paris Johnson. Did not accept, expect him to be the first offensive lineman off the board, but I think he kicks inside a little bit better. They don't necessarily need an offensive tackle, but a good versatile offensive lineman. So that's why I like Paris Johnson going here as the first offensive lineman. It's an interesting choice. I wonder if if uh, either of you would have the history of, let, let's say, the three most recent first-round Ohio State linemen drafted. Uh I have last year's draft right in front of me. They did not have one last year. I can I can keep going back. I'm trying to think what you're getting at. There has to be some Ohio State offensive linemen drafted. Trying to get to the fact that Billy Price was an absolute monster at Ohio State. And so the Bengals were like, hey, let's draft you. And he completely sucked in the NFL. And then you're thinking... Well, he can't be the only one. And then you go through NFL offensive linemen and none of them played at Ohio State. And it's that, like, I don't understand it. I want to understand, but I don't understand. And you have yet to find one that's any good. Paris Johnson has to be. It's like when we all thought Alabama running back sucked and now they're good. That is interesting. Kind of expect, uh, always seems like they have some nice, Nice prospects when you're watching them play. Guys that uh big, but they p- play at some pace. So the guys that can still move, but they're always sizable. Lots of run blocking, pass blocking. And yeah. And and Darren, I don't I'm not criticizing your pick. I'll I'll criticize another pick you make later, uh probably, but this one I'm I am not criticizing it. I just haven't seen them produce. So I am a little gun shy as a GM going after an Ohio State offensive lineman. I'll I'll risk it on this time. If if my okay. computer is working faster, I'd be getting these drafts pulled up. But it's we have Kevin back on the board here at number nine with the Bears, a similar team who really seem to need everything but a quarterback. Traded out of that <laughs> number one pick, gave that to the Panthers so they can slide back and add some draft capital. Worth noting, they did get DJ Moore in that trade, which is a freaking steal to get a great wide receiver. So uh, he is also on the Bears roster as well. Great is a strong word. So I would say defense. I mean, I guess you said they they could use pretty much anything across the board. Um I've been thinking defense and I've been wanting to say defense and I was really hoping that for some reason um, either Carter 
Anderson or Wilson just dropped for some unknown reason, and you could snag one of them there. I really like Lucas Van Ness. I think he's, I've watched plenty of him, and he just overpowers pretty much anyone he goes across. Um, fast, too, big guy. And I'm tempted to pick him, but I think you need to help out Justin Fields as much as possible. You need, and you know, I'm, I'm not sure I feel great about receiver this high, but if he's your quarterback and you want him to be a successful, he at least needs to look good and have guys to throw the ball to. So I'm going to go with Jackson Smith, Najibba. Um, you know, Quentin Johnson, the top receiver, seems like most people have. He's, he'd probably be a good pick too, but, you know, going back to that, and he was, you know, Smith Najiba was injured, what, all of this year, basically. So he just didn't see a lot. You kind of forgot. But if you go back to like the Rose Bowl now, almost two years ago, year and a half ago, how long time-wise has been, he was simply amazing in that. Um, so I'm going to take him. Hopefully that him and Justin Fields together, some Ohio State bonding, and they can make some magic and you start feeling really good about the quarterback you have in place. I think you're going to end up with more options there um, because we, we still haven't seen Will Levis come off the board and he will, he'll be gone uh, before we get to the bears pick. And so one of those guys that we drafted will still be available now. Now maybe, maybe it's Paris Johnson and it's not any of those defensive guys and you're still with Jackson Smith and Jigba but um I like your philosophy there of of getting the Ohio State guy you know what you're getting with him um that's where Ohio State guys pan out in the NFL is at wide receiver so it's definitely a risk but you kind of have a bonus uh bonus pick to play with here because you have more picks later that idea of having more picks in the draft so um there's certainly worse guys you could have taken there. It's it's maybe a little risky that early. I get where the where you're coming from though, and it could play out. Definitely a spot that uh you could trade down if you talk about those quarterbacks that are that are still out there and some team that's a little bit lower in the draft order wanting to move up. And you know, the guys a good guy you want, if any of those guys we've already picked fell a little bit, the defensive line guys, then you could snag them, but trading back would be good for the bears too, because like, as you said, like Smith and Jigba, I, I wrote down a couple of mock drafts. The highest I think I saw him was 13th. So nine is definitely borderline reaching for him, but need to make something happen offense. So. I, if there's to me, there's two wide receivers in this class that are, they're cut above everybody else. And Smith and Jigba is one of them more on the other guy later. If he falls to me, um, uh, so I think a smart pick there, and I think he and Justin Fields would be great together. So that puts Shannon back on the board, I believe. With the Philadelphia Eagles, their first of two picks here. What's the, Do you guys know who this pick is coming from, why they have a pick this high? It's um, from New Orleans. I'm not sure. Yeah. Was it CJ Gardner Johnson? Maybe I'm trying to think who they traded to get a first round pick, but this should have been the Saints pick. The Chris Olave trade last year. The Saints Saints came up and got Chris Olave. There you go. A year ago. So I'm 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 kind of torn here. Um 
coming off a Super Bowl loss, but a a really loaded roster. Now they did lose some pieces. If Christian Gonzalez was here, I was going to take him. Um, unfortunately, the Raiders did the right thing and and took him earlier. Uh, so I don't have any. I don't have one of the two corners that I absolutely love. And so now I'm looking at the best available player, and I'm down to two picks uh, of the two best available. Um, and I actually think I'm going to have one of them fall to me. So I'm not going to say who the other one is. Give me some electricity in my offense. Bijan Robinson. Wow. Taking a running back in the top 10, going back to the nineties, Joe Germain running backs early <laughs> old school stuff up here. And I'm, I love Bijan Robinson. I'm all for him in another era. He's absolutely, I think a top five pick. You know, back when we were taking people like Kajana Carter first overall, Bijan Robinson, I think is that good. It's just modern era NFL. Uh, but Philadelphia, not offense. They'd love to use multiple running backs. I listened to an interview he did the other day, and it, it sold me on him. I think we're kind of programmed to hate Texas players because of the Big 12 and our love for Iowa State. And and I think I can still hate Texas, but change my viewpoint on B. John Robinson as a person and so it makes me want to cheer for him and and um, pleased to take him here in the as the tenth pick. A little bit later, I have the Eagles, and I was thinking maybe uh, since it'll be late in the first round that a running back would still be a good pick at that point in time, and the running back who I assumed would be available that I would be the next best running back probably isn't the best pick for them because he's a lot like guys they already have on the roster. And as you said, they like to use four running backs in game and stuff like that. So Robinson, you get a little bit, a little bit different than what some of the running backs on the roster currently are. Um, And so kind of just that mix and matching that they had a lot of success with this last year. I think you'd be a better match for the Eagles than another running back that I thought would be available. And welcome back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Hopefully I've fixed it well enough in the post-production editing process. Where we last left our intrepid heroes, Shannon had just taken Bijan Robinson, 10th to the Eagles, which puts me on the board number 11 with the Tennessee Titans. Team with a lot of questions, maybe our big draft day movers. Do they move off Ryan Tannehill? Do they trade Jarrett Henry for some draft capital? Right now, I still think defensive line and offensive line are their biggest areas of need. Maybe another receiver to pair with Traylon Burks from last year. But because he's sitting there, I just like this player too much to not take him. So I'm going to go with Peter Skaronsky, give them another offensive lineman. They need to get younger along the offensive front and keep clearing holes for Derrick Henry if he does stay there. Uh, another likely landing spot maybe for a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, but I'm going to go the safe route and take Skaronsky. You know, I haven't... And now the technical difficulties have traveled from my computer to Kevin's. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in since we're waiting for him to kind of come back in here. Skronsky's the best offensive tackle on the board. That's a great pick. Even if he's not your biggest need, he's the best player. When you have somebody like that, you can you can find a home for him. Um, I, you got to tell me if I got the name wrong, but I want to say Taylor Lewan was there and is no longer there. Um, so there certainly is a need. I don't think Derrick Henry is a part of their future, but the Still having Peter Skaronsky, a great offensive lineman on your team, is a great pick, and and you can't go wrong by having a great player. 
Kevin, are you back with us to make your Texans pick? Yes. So the Texans, two picks in the top 12 for them. This one came via the Deshaun Watson deal with the Browns. We gave the Texans C.J. Stroud as a quarterback. What else do they do here in the first? I was really hoping that quarterback wasn't taken early to make this really easy. But since the quarterback was taken, um, we're going to go defense. Again, kind of looking at guys along the, the front there. So I'll go back to a guy I mentioned not too long ago, Lucas Van Ness. We'll take him. Um, you know, you got a lot, lot to still need to improve with the Texans. They had some glimpses of being an okay team late in the season last year. So build up that defensive line, get things a little bit better there. So Lucas Van Ness. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say he's the most overrated player in this class. There's a couple of guys, Christian Gonzalez, I'm not high on, but we talked about this a bit last week. I do not get the hype around Lucas Van Ness. Can he be a nice player? Can he be a 10 year NFL pro? Sure. I don't see him as this all pro other world next miles, Garrett defensive end that some people see. If he played for Minnesota, would you have those same thoughts? Minnesota college or pro? college yes maybe no no i i guess i'm, I'm not taking I'm, miles murphy but i'm not in the top 10 anymore so that's, I, didn't, that's true. I didn't want to go that route he's guaranteed to be a top 10 draft pick on actual draft night down to pick number uh 13 here by virtue of a nice little trade we've now got the green bay packers here we don't we don't need to tell you about the aaron Rodgers to the jets trade so pick swap packers move up to 13 what do the cheeseheads do? They're always really good about taking the best player available. Um, and and that's in their mind, right? It's not it's not what you or I think, but the the Packers are going to take the best player available. Not necessarily a need. We've we've said for the past two or three drafts that they they need to get a wide receiver, and they haven't done it. Um, if we go back last year as an example, still on the board. Um, or not still on the board, but they certainly could have gone up and got um, some of those studs like Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, um, Drake London. And they didn't go up and get anybody like that. They went up to get. Jordan Love, who they thought was the best player a couple years ago. So they're they're not in the business of of filling a need when those guys are there. Um, so that tells me that with the best player still available on the board, they're gonna go back to their Georgia ties and take Nolan Smith. And that's I should say, as the Packers GM, Nolan Smith is who I'm taking. I'm a big Nolan Smith fan. I think he has all the intangibles. The guy who can be a leader of that defense has the uh, experience, played a lot of games for Georgia. A huge fan of Nolan Smith here. I like him a lot more than Van Ness. Boom. Take that, Houston. Now you got Lucas Van Ness and Derek Stingley Jr. (laughs) I have got the New England Patriots sitting here. I do wonder if Bill Belichick would be crazy enough to go for Anthony Richardson or Will Levis if they're both still available. Seems like he doesn't totally love Mac Jones. I I can't see him doing it, but just just maybe a little curiosity if if Belichick wants to 
kick the tires on one of those two. I think the biggest area of need for them is on the defensive side of the ball, specifically at cornerback. Deontay Banks guy who's flying up boards here. I've seen him as high as the 10th overall prospect. But uh, there's a couple of guys I like more. I'm going to go with the one. I'm going with the NFL pedigree. Keep him in the AFC. Joey Porter Jr. Dad, the famous longtime linebacker, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler fame. But I like Joey Porter Jr. here, the very physical in-your-face. I think he and Devin Witherspoon are the two best in that category. I want a big-bodied quarterback who's going to hit people, and that's Joey Porter Jr. for me. Worth noting that last year the Patriots drafted Cole Strange. Yeah, nobody understood that. Like the 97th ranked player out of China. No one understands any of their picks. <laughs> so for for you to make for you to have good reason and a solid argument behind your pick makes me think that the uh, Patriots are turning the corner on to like, oh, let's take somebody that actually is a first round graded player. So that's fun. I mean, nobody's saying they can't take. I mean, Eli Ricks, I like out of Alabama, the number 95 prospect, Nick Saban and Belichick. They're bros. Either they'll make a really good pick or they'll take some guy from like an NAIA school who's like 33 or something like that. Who are they are? I did a whole research project on this a couple of years ago, and the Patriots were like the worst drafting team over a three year period. And it's just been not good. I don't know. It's kind of. I, I'm going to get ridiculed for saying this, but it's kind of like Bill O'Brien with the Texans. GM Bill O'Brien did coach Bill O'Brien no favors. That's true. That puts Kevin back on the board here. He gets the Jets by virtue of that draft trade. We've got the Jets may have answered a lot of questions or created a lot more after the Rodgers trade. The Jets indeed have a lot of, uh, a lot of positive stuff going on. And look at just kind of the offensive players that have so much young talent, but talent that has shown some really, really good stuff. And if Aaron Rodgers fits with that, you feel pretty good about the offense and the skill positions. The defense last year, really good across the board, um, returning, I think, a lot of guys on the defensive side. So I'm going to go offensive line. Um, and I might want to go offensive guard, but I don't know if I'm ready to take an offensive guard this high, at least the offensive guard guys that are available. So I'm going to go Broderick Jones from Georgia. Get me a tackle. My second favorite tackle behind Skaronsky right there. And you got him. He's, I'm a huge Broderick Jones fan to me, a very raw, big, raw, a lot of potential, I don't think he's as refined as a Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, maybe even some of the further guys down like Anton Harrison and Matthew Bergeron, but you just want a, a, a beast of an offensive line that you can mold. I like Broderick Jones. So so with him, um, you, you're getting somebody that, that about the only person that beat him all year was Jalen Carter. Um, playing against a great schedule Broderick Jones did. So uh, he's huge. He's a man. Like he's going to crush some people. It's a good pick. They've, they've drafted 
last two first rounds, Makai Becton, 2020, Elijah Vera Tucker, 2021. But that right tackle position is still open, and some people aren't sold on Makai Becton being the future. I still like him. I'd give him a shot. And then the inside's kind of there. If he can hold down that right tackle spot, or if Makai Becton doesn't work out and you need a new left, Roderick Jones is plug and play right away. And and you do make a good point about Makai Becton. It's it's unfortunate we haven't been able to see him stay healthy. Um, so Broderick Jones going against Jalen Carter every day in practice, they have that tape. And in same with Makai Becton, like you watch him go against um anybody in practice, and when he is healthy, he dominates everybody, but he can't stay healthy. So um you'd love to count on him, but you can't. That takes us up to pick number 16, the Washington Commanders, and this is Shannon's pick. I don't know what a person does to earn, like, having to be the GM for such a terrible organization. Now, knowing that they are going to be sold, maybe it's a good thing, like, oh, we're on the up and up, and Eric the Enemy's here, and Ron Rivera's a good dude. Um, But, man, like, shuts a trash organization. Um, they don't draft well all the time. It's like sometimes they fall into a really good player. Um, they just paid their big defensive tackle. I can't remember his name. Is it Payne? Is it Duran Payne or Jonathan Allen? Yeah. Um, I was thinking Payne, but Allen's a good one too. And then also like, I you just don't ever see them do the right thing. Like why? why sign Carson Wentz or trade for him? Like he sucks and he has for a long time and he doesn't like football. And so why pay him? Um, So I don't get it. Um, Looking at who's available here on the draft board, knowing that we need a lot of help. We're in a division that the, the giants have improved. The Eagles coming off the super bowl. Dallas has a lot of really good players. Uh, We have a lot of pieces on defense, but we got to start to put an offense together took Jahan Dotson last year. Um, we're going to take Dalton Kincaid, the tight end. No. Not, as, not as high as I thought a tight end would go and not the first tight end I expected. Also, remember, I'm drafting for a really dumb organization. <laughs> it, I, I still am perplexed by the Jahan Dotson pick a year later. Washington needs all the weapons they can get. The, the running back stable looks kind of nice and scary. Terry McLaurin, I think, is a true number one wide receiver. Adding some more help there, whether you're on the offensive line or the re, uh, receiving core, I think makes a lot of sense. Defense pretty well set there, and you have Ron Rivera as your coach. The defense, you're going to get everything you want out of them. So adding weapons, very salient choice for Washington. So we're going to do a quick recap here halfway. I meant to do this a little bit sooner but to recap our first 16 picks number one Bryce Young to the Panthers two CJ Stroud to the Texans Will Anderson to the Cardinals number four Jalen Carter to the Colts Tyree Wilson to the Seahawks Devin Witherspoon to the Lions Christian Gonzalez to the Raiders Paris Johnson Jr. to the Falcons Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Bears Bijan Robinson to the Eagles number 11 Peter Skaronsky to the Titans number 12 Lucas Van Ness to the Texans Number 13, Nolan Smith to the Packers. Number 14, Joey Porter Jr. to the Patriots. Number 15, Broderick Jones to the Jets. And Dalton Kincaid, number 16, to the Washington Commanders. That leads us back here to number 13. Number 13, number 17. My pick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
So for me, the Steelers need some offensive line help. I'd like another wide receiver, defensive tackle, if there's really somebody on the board that we love. The offensive line, I think we've taken the top guys off the board. Darnell Wright scares me a little bit, but that may be my best option here. Because he's there, and I think he can maybe help you move off some other guys, I think you're going to have a young one-two punch. Give me George Pickens and... My pick here, Jordan Addison, a bit of a steal for the Steelers. I mentioned earlier, there's two receivers I really like in this class, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. I'm all in on the hype. I think he is going to rack up yards, touchdowns. To me, he's the Garrett Wilson of this draft class, a guy who's going to come in as a rookie and put up bonkers numbers. I don't love Deontay Johnson. I think you can move off him or make him your three. You need to give Kenny Pickett every tool he can. Not sure about the Pickett-Addison relationship from their time at Pitt. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it otherwise? Pick the best guy on the board. Between your offensive linemen and your wide receivers, I think Addison's the best guy there. It's interesting how he kind of, even though he went to USC, I feel like I heard less about him this last season, even though it's not like he had a bad season or anything like that. But um, definitely has all the all the tools to be a solid receiver. And I'm kind of surprised how far down on the receiver list he is, maybe especially just with the Zay Flowers, at least the list I was looking at had him a higher rated receiver. Um, but yeah, Jordan I, Addison definitely help. You need more on offense in Pittsburgh. I don't know where Zay Flowers came from that everybody's suddenly in love with Zay Flowers as I've seen a lot of times him number two behind Jackson Smith and Jigba. So I'm not sure what's causing that. Yes, the Steelers did go get Allen Robinson. I don't know how much he has left in the tank. Never really worked with the Rams, and they made the big deal by getting him last year. I just think you can you can completely start over with Addison and Pickens as your one and two. In in with um, taking Kenny Pickett in the draft, you want him to be successful, and so give somebody he's familiar with, somebody that he thrived with in college. They know each other well, even though it's a system change. They know the kind of the nuance that each other plays with. So uh, by by putting weapons around your quarterback in a division that has um, arguably the best one-two punch with Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase, like you got to try and match some points on the board there. So I think it's a strong pick for the Steelers. Heaven, with the big luck of the draw here, he gets both Lions picks back on the board here at 18 with Detroit. Got a cornerback last time. I don't know if I love taking a tight end this early in the draft, especially if it's not some superstar looking guy, but I'm going to, I'm going to take Michael Mayer and he is the top tight end that I would like. And maybe it's less of, I don't like Kincaid. I just like Michael Mayer a lot. Um, it's kind of being all around big body guy. The, t- the Lions have a receiver that's going to be suspended for about a third of the season, something like that. So you need to help pick up that passing game a little bit. I don't think they have any tight ends worth much on the roster right now. Um, so, you know, obviously throughout the season, but early first part of the year here, you need to help with that passing game, um, making sure you guys stay high, high performing team. You got everything to take in the North with what's going on with the, the Packers kind of starting over to who knows what the Vikings will be doing. The bears aren't good. I need to start fast. Can't just pick up halfway through the season like they did last year and get good at that point in time. So let's get the offense rolling right away. Get a tight end in there. Make things easy for golf. 
a, a great pick for the Lions. If you ever see a picture of Michael Mayer when I was doing research for mock drafts, looked back at his college recruiting picture, he looks like a 40-year-old man in that picture. Just if you were to draw a football player, it would look like Michael Mayer coming out of Notre Dame, who's produced quite a few great tight ends in the NFL over the years. Jameson Williams, as you mentioned, going to be suspended for six games early in the year. And other than Amon Ross St. Brown, not a whole lot of weapons traded TJ Hawkinson. So it feels like a very natural fit to have Mayer come in and replace Hawkinson. And weirdly, in some way, it does feel like the Lions are going to go into the season looking as like the team to beat in the NFC North, especially if they nail this draft. I hope they are. It's fun. They deserve a chance. Shannon back on the board at 19 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their first draft in the, what we think is for sure the post Tom Brady era this time. Um, I, I want to know what the, uh, what kind of odds I can get for the bucks to have the worst regular season record in the NFL, because they are trending that way and, and go back six years where I was leading the parade for Todd Bowles as a head coach, thinking that he was going to be the next best thing. Clearly I was wrong on that. Like he failed with the jets and, and a lot of that had to do with their, they also sucked at the time as a franchise. And now he's failing with the bucks. Like he was given a turnkey team last year and did nothing with it. And now he's without Brady and, and some other good players. So, um, the march to three and 14 is on for the Buccaneers. Uh, looking at who's on the board, there are still some nice players available. Um, so I, I'm going to start a, I'm going to trade some picks here, knowing that somebody's going to want a quarterback. But um, since I do have to draft a player with, with, um, him still being on the board. Give me Darnell Wright. Um, he's a big offensive tackle, and he's still on the board. Donovan Smith was the worst tackle in the NFL, so I'm upgrading here. I just don't know how much I'm upgrading. Darnell Wright would... People seem to be saying is another one of those really raw guys. Had a good run at Tennessee there at the end. Still a lot of development, though. The off the field seems to be a concern. I wonder how much versatility he has, whether or not he goes to tackle, or we saw how beat up Tom Brady got because there was insufficient guard and center play from the Buccaneers last year. Is right a guy who can work inside? Or if you found the bookend opposite Tristan Wirfs, that can be road graders for the next five years. Tampers over under wins is six and a half. Oh, if you're uh, interested in that. That all that money I'm going to save by not buying you guys alcohol for the next year. I'm putting it on that under bet just to make more. And I we'll see, we'll see about that between the between the Bears and the Cardinals. I'm not totally sure that Tampa Bay is going to be the worst. I think things are looking awfully grim in Arizona. Arizona and the Colts are both five and a half. I think those are the only Ooh. teams lower than six and a half. Ooh. So I'm back here at number 20, again, getting the Seattle pick. Gave them an edge rusher that they didn't necessarily need. Just a little bonus for them at number five with Tyree Wilson. So back here in their actual pick. I know they have Geno Smith and they just paid him a bunch of money. Very tempting to get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis here. Looking at their top needs, though, I have 
still defensive tackle, offensive line, or wide receiver standing out to me. All positions that really don't have a, a superstar player right now. But I'm going to go get a guy who I am a huge fan of. I think he's going to be a superstar at the next level. We're talking multiple Pro Bowl selections, and that's Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh. I know two Pittsburgh players in a row for me if you want to give Jordan Addison some Pit Panther credit. To me, he is plug-and-play right away. An undersized defensive tackle who falls in the draft from the University of Pittsburgh. Sound like somebody else to you? That's what happened to Aaron Donald. Not saying Kansi's going to be that good, but I think a... 10-year starter in the league, somebody who can anchor that Seahawks defensive line there. They have linebackers, they have defensive backfield, they have edge rushers, they just need to shore up the middle. So give me the Pittsburgh defensive tackle. And you're in a division where the 49ers, all the 49ers want to do is maul you. And so you've got to try to match that with something to, to be able to keep the pace. I think he is the guy to do just that. It'll be fun battle in the trenches for them. A lot of opportunities for him. I heard Rich Eisen use this in his mock draft, calling him hunting for quarterbacks. He said it about a thousand times in 10 picks. So I think Kansi's guy who can do that. Uh, this is where we would have a Miami Dolphins pick, but again, that was forfeited. So Kevin gets the Los Angeles Chargers pick at 21. Before I was kind of thinking that I was going to get Lucas Van Ness here and then I stole him from myself. So I guess that won't work out. So I will take... What will be the steal of the draft? Getting him this low, Miles Murphy, Clemson. <laughs> that is a top ten He's obviously a all day. Top ten guy. So if I can get him at twenty one, um, that'd be great. Um, you know, Bosa gets banged up. Um, it seems like plenty. So we need a guy who can kind of get in there with him. Um, Mac is, he's getting a little bit older. So we need another guy who can just kind of sub in with them and you don't need him to be playing every down. So great for uh, the first year here, first year or two, and he can be your future and get some good reps um, in there and give those other guys the much needed breaks they need throughout the season and in games to, to be ready to win a playoff game and not blow a playoff game this season. The Chargers were a team last year who I think about about midway through the season, they were just pulling bodies off the street because they needed defensive linemen. They were so decimated by injury. Still have Khalil Mack there, which I really like. Some decent linebacker play, and Joey Bosa, as you mentioned, always hurt. If he can stay healthy, you at least have a rotational guy or somebody who can start, maybe take over that spot from Morgan Fox or Austin Johnson. Really like Miles Murphy and the versatility he brings. Surefire top 10 prospect. It's amazing that some guy who who has yet to dominate a football game is considered a top 10 pick. And I've, I'm going to call Dabo Sweeney when we're done here and have him remind me of what game that Miles Murphy dominated anybody in because uh, maybe I just have a bad memory and, and I can't remember that detail. So um, when I get a hold of Dabo, I'll give you guys a call back. Bucky Brooks, who I believe people said is the best draft mock draft person in the world, has him at number 10, just FYI. 36 combined tackles for loss in his three-year career, 18 and a half sacks. It's impressive numbers. So he had a tackle for a loss every game that he played in, huh? Lived in the backfield, I believe is uh, <laughs> what you would call that. Hmm. 
Um, if, if he didn't play for Clemson, you guys wouldn't know who he is. And you should compare that to Will McDonald's stats. If I were better prepared or had more time, I'd compare Tyree Wilson to Miles Murphy head to head. <laughs> they don't even belong in the same conversation. <laughs> I would draft Will McDonald before I draft Miles Murphy any day of the week. Production matters. We have two and a half sack game, three and a half tackles for loss, six total tackles against Florida State, 2021. Whatever that means to you. Absolutely nothing. Well, you are here at number 22 with the Baltimore Ravens, who may or may not have a quarterback come draft night with Lamar Jackson. A lot of questions for Baltimore, mostly hinging on Mr. Jackson and how that impacts the rest of the team. So I'm I'm struggling with this pick because as an organization, you know that uh, we are amongst the league leaders in taking the best player available, not necessarily taking what we need ever. Um, example of that being last year, Kyle Hamilton was still available. We didn't need a safety, but we took Kyle Hamilton because he was the best player on the board. And and that dude is an absolute baller. I am struggling here because I have three guys that I think are really great players still on the board, like impact type people that could better our organization. And, And ultimately what it comes down to is we have a new offensive coordinator. I'm trying to get Lamar Jackson to feel like we want to help him stay. And so I need to protect him. And I'm going to take Osiris Torrance, guard, Florida. Back-to-back real exciting picks with a center last year in Linderbaum and Osiris Torrance here at guard. You know it. I was really hoping that he would uh, last just a little bit longer for another team to, uh, to pick him up. And so I hope that happens tomorrow. But yes, he's a good player. And uh, if you're looking to strengthen that offensive line, a smart pick for anyone that's willing to take him, especially when you're in the 20s. I'm up next here at 23. A lot of different ways for the Vikings to go. I want another wide receiver to replace Adam Thielen. Offensive line needs to get younger. They could use some more cornerback help with Patrick Peterson being gone. But there's a couple of guys sitting out here that have totally plummeted. If I'm the Vikings, one of these days, someday, I finally have to move on from Kirk Cousins. I think the two quarterbacks available both need some polish. This is just personal preference. I like Will Levis better. So give me the Vikings sliding in here to get Will Levis as a quarterback of the future. Sit him for a year, let him learn behind Kirk Cousins, and then finally let the Kirk Cousins contract run out. And let's see what this gunslinger Will Levis has to offer. I'm not a big, huge Levis fan, but that would be a good situation for him to get in there where a quarterback who's who's been around for a while and will be the starting you know, to have the pressure of saying, is he going to start? Is he going to start halfway through the season? Is he pushing for that? And he can just sit back and get used to the NFL for at least a year from that, multiple years. So it'd be a good spot for him to go to. Absolutely. And and you have an offensive minded head coach. I think you make a really good point. If the Vikings are, if they're seeing whichever quarterback they like drop between Richardson and Levis, um, they're going to start getting antsy here. Um, like, would they, would they jump 
the commanders and try to chair trade with the jets type of a thing? Um, or would they try to jump and get, get the Steelers pick so that the lions don't have an opportunity at one of those guys. Um, you have some teams that are set on their quarterback and aren't a threat to draft one, but then you've kind of got those other guys that are maybe in limbo a little bit. Um, so the Vikings would be a real, uh, a real possibility to trade tomorrow night. So if you have your quarterback fall to you there, you're extremely happy with that pick um, in, in with Will Levis and getting him. Saying that made me think about the Vikings. It feels like the Vikings are one of those teams who likes to do draft day trades. To me, Philadelphia is the team that always feels like they're trading, but I was curious. There was a Minnesota pick here. I wanted to want to have this planned ahead of time, but you said that it made me think it feels like the Vikings are one of those trade happy teams come draft night. Yeah, they like to trade. They like last year they traded with the Lions to get so the Lions went up and got Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Vikings are one of those teams. They like to move around. And like you say, if they see one of those two falling, I just like Will Levis a little bit more polished. The the knock on both of them is decision making, getting a little bit too wild, too confident in their athleticism. Levis and especially Richardson, these are the two athletic quarterbacks. Young and Stroud can move the pocket, but it's Will Levis and Richardson are the two who can take off like Josh Allen or Cam Newton and make a big play. Levis, he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. It's whatever. Other than that, I think there's a lot of uh, production to like there with him. I do like Hendon Hooker, but more on him later. I don't know that he'll sneak into the first round. So we move on to number 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kevin with pick here. Multiple places, positions they can go to. So really just kind of looking, who do I think is the best available at some of these handful of positions and focusing mostly on the secondary. So Deontay Banks, Maryland, um, kind of close with him and maybe another secondary person. And I, I think they'd be okay going with either one, but we'll take Banks for this pick. For for Jacksonville, I had cornerback as number three on their list. Maybe some weapons, uh, somebody else on the defensive front. But the Jags have invested like crazy, really shoring up that defense. Filled a lot of holes in the defensive front seven last year. So to bolster that back end, to go along with all the draft picks they made and the free agents they added on the defensive line and linebackers, cornerback and secondaries, uh, safety is where they really needed to tighten up. Watch out for the Jags to win the South. I don't think it's too bold to say... The other three teams are rebuilding. The Jaguars may run away with the AFC South as long as Trevor Lawrence stays healthy and they keep making picks like Banks to find their few holes they need to fill. He's a really good player, and he just kind of got overshadowed more than anything with being in a in a tough division going against some good teams on an average on an average team himself. But he's a really really nice player. You'd be thrilled to have him on the Jags at that pick. Did you say to look out for the defending division champions to win the division? Was that the... <laughs> but it's the Jags. Nobody thinks about the Jags winning a division more than one time. Is that like the big pick you're taking here, breaking news, that the, the team that won the division last year is a front what's, runner what's, to win it uh, again? Mr. Las Vegas, what's my Jaguars over-under win total? 16 and a half. That's if I can get them anything less than 10, I'm taking that bet. So like probably, Jacksonville. Probably 10 and maybe a half. 10 and a half. And it's plus 115, but we got division winners too here. Let's get a, where's the AFC South? Jacksonville, minus 150 to win the division. Mm -hmm. Basically a guarantee they're going to win. 
but they're they're going to get six in division wins. So I'm at six wins right there. I just got to find five more wins. Yeah, take take the over on the Jags. Uh, uh quick side note as we're recording this, the Bucks are ahead of the Heat by two with uh 0.5 seconds left. Oh, so I have no way to watch this, but I am on pins and needles that if the Heat hit a last second shot here, gonna be trouble. Warriors and the Kings are still close. I planned on every home team to win in the Warriors Kings series. So if the uh, <laughs> the Kings lose, that's going to ruin what I have going so far for that. Oh, it's tied 118. Look at uh, that. Yeah, <sighs> Giannis is even playing. He's got a double double. Jimmy Butler's going off. 40 for Jimmy. Rachel Nichols must be there watching the game. <laughs> All right. She, she showed up. The heat paid for her to be there. <laughs> Getting back to the topic at hand. Number, pick number 25, the potentially weirdly good New York Giants here with pick 25. And in knowing that I, I am selecting for them, um, I'm going a different way than what they will go. Um, I'm not going to tell you who they will pick because I don't want you to get any wild ideas but I am telling you that I'm picking somebody different than they will. I'm going to take the, uh, the little man that I really like Emmanuel Forbes cornerback, Mississippi state dynamite comes in small packages. This dude can hit. I'll take him all day. When I said six cornerbacks, he's not one of the ones I thought I thought he'd be a second round guy. If he could sneak in here, just adding to the depth of this cornerback crop. That leaves me at 26 with the Dallas Cowboys. I think safety, tight end, maybe running back. Now that they don't have Zeke, I think Tony Pollard works better as part of a one-two complement. Got the two tight ends off the board, so that takes that away from me. I was thinking Kincaid or Mayer would fall to me here and get a better tight end later in this draft. There might be one safety that goes in the first round, so I'll take him here. I think Brian Branch still feels like a little bit of a reach. I like everything he brings to the table. Just reaching here for the first round pick to fill kind of the one hole that I think the Cowboys have in the back end of that defense. Guy with a lot of playing time, experienced, knowledgeable player coming out of Alabama. Another guy who brings to the table the intangible piece, the guys like Nolan Smith and Bryce Young that I like. I think Brian Branch has that as well. Give me Brian Branch to fill out that Cowboys secondary. I like the pick. He's he's the only safety you'd take in the first round. And so I, I think that's a good investment there. All right. He's played a lot of football. Now we're to that part of the draft. We have Kevin and Shannon back to back Kevin's bills, Shannon's Bengals. We'll start first with Buffalo at 27. You know, if branch is still around, I could see them thinking about him with the aging safeties they currently have in Buffalo. Um, But I think they need to go offensive line. They need to, they need to improve that. It was not great most of the last season. The running game has been a struggle for a couple of years, um, you know, outside of when Josh Allen breaks some stuff off. They need to get better there, um, specifically on the interior part of that. Um, this is what I was really hoping um, Torrance would fall to and they could take him. So I still hope that happens tomorrow. He's not there today, though. So I'm going to take Steve Avila, TCU, Horned Frogs, to uh, – in the guard position um just really hopefully josh allen doesn't feel like he has to do everything this season 
because it sure seemed like that was how he was playing last year. And they definitely need some more playmakers, um, some other guys on the defensive line, and maybe some more depth in the secondary, but get those in the later rounds. I like Steve Avila. If there's anybody else who benefited from TCU Cinderella run this year, other than Max Duggan, I think it was Avila. The offensive lineman got a lot of quality game film against great opponents, a lot of national airtime. He was the best player on that TCU offensive line, if not the entire team. I believe a senior, a lot of experience for him. I, I like the pick. I was really hoping Bijan Robinson falls here on actual draft day. I think Bijan to the Bills is a perfect pick. You talk about taking the pressure off Josh Allen. They've given him no running back help. So if I wouldn't reach for a running back here, but if Bijan's there, if Bijan's gone, I like the offensive line plugging some of the holes they always kind of seem to find on their front. And that leaves us to Mr. Cincinnati Bengals at pick number 28. Shannon, what is your dream situation? Oh, my dream situation is that we have three people to choose from to, to help bolster what we're trying to do. And we do, we have three guys available. So now it's, it's, it's us in that war room. Like I'm going around getting my scouts to talk me into one of these three guys. And, um, knowing that Joe Burrow is about to get paid as much as anybody, we love our wide receiver core. Like we are in a win now window that we didn't know we were in. So what's going to, what's going to put us over the top in that AFC title game in Kansas city next year that we fell short this year is how you've got to look at this. And it's by scoring more points. And what you need is a weapon. Um, Unfortunately, the tight ends worth drafting are not available. Um, So, so we're going to have to wait on that weapon piece of it, but what we can do is we can make our offense stronger. So we're arguing between these three different players I'm going to end up with Anton Harrison, Oklahoma lineman. Harrison, a guy that I've seen high on draft boards going back to the fall, a guy who hasn't really gotten attention. We know it's not like offensive linemen are really the bells of the ball, especially Harrison really been just kind of under the radar. Nobody really talking about him, but a nice, reliable, sturdy offensive lineman for Oklahoma, maybe some potential to move all five positions inside and outside. I like him most as an offensive tackle. Cincinnati really putting reinvestments in that offensive front over the last two seasons after Burrow got beat up two seasons ago. Right. And, and for whatever reason, I can't remember the guys um, that they signed a year ago, nor can I remember who they just got from the chiefs that like he won his super bowl and now he's going to Cincinnati. He got paid Lando Brown. Yes. So, so he's the anchor of the line. Um, yeah, they really have done a good job. It's not something that they've traditionally done well is find offensive linemen. Alex no. Kappa might be one of them. Yep. So you got Kappa, Ted Karras, they added. Uh, Jonah Williams would be the guy. The question is, is he dispensable? He and Lael Collins, if you bring in Anton Harrison or maybe Harrison moves inside to guard. But a versatile player who can fill one of those holes. However, the question of, go ahead. Sorry. Smart pick. I've seen some people say running back. So you have a a person to go with the one, two punch with your backup now to go with Mixon. Um, You can get running backs 
for multiple rounds, all kinds of pretty decent running backs available. And most likely guys will have really good early careers in the running back position. So it would not be a smart move, even though I've seen people say the Bengals should take somebody at running back. Um, Jamar Gibbs specifically be the guy probably available. I, I do wonder how much Joe Mixon has left. I know he's still young and, just has a few years, but they've really used him a lot and put a lot of miles on those tires. I would like to see them get a running back, NFL running back, though, maybe a second or third rounder. I, I like the idea of adding some help for Joe Mixon. I am curious about the secondary. Were secondary guys high in your list? Because it feels like the Bengals secondary has been gutted in the last couple of years. Jesse Bates gone, William Jackson gone. You needed to replace Eli Apple. You just don't know that you've done enough. Uh, there's, there are 17 guys standing on the street corner in Cincinnati that are better players than Eli Apple. So I'm not worried about that. That's good. This is facts. Yep. All right. So my last pick here, sorry, I got too excited to add Shannon's Anton Harrison there. So I've got the new Orleans saints who threw some convoluted from San Francisco via Miami and Denver trades for trades for trades, new Orleans sneaks back in here at the bottom. Uh, what do I have the Saints doing top priorities? I don't even remember what I wrote down for the Saints. Defensive tackle, defensive end, maybe another wide receiver. I know they have Chris Olave, and hopefully Michael Thomas comes back. Otherwise, it's firming up that defensive line. For you guys, I'll do it. I'm a little, I'm a little bit leery. To me, he's more of a second-round guy, an early second pick. But to break the streak, let's go Will McDonald the fourth, edge rusher out yeah. of Iowa State. Little, little undersized, but he's going to be your oh. high motor, play hard, every down kind of guy. Maybe not the starter right away. I don't know that San Francisco needs an every down defensive end this year, but a guy who can work in, become a rotation, then become your star in years two, three, and beyond. Kevin did it with, with Miles Murphy earlier. He said to bring him in, rotate him in for the Chargers, right? And, and, uh, he needs to make a play in the playoffs to help them win a game. He, you get that exact same thing out of Will McDonald, you're going to be thrilled. I was giving Kevin a chance to jump in here. Solid pick. Um, he, as you kind of said, he's really that's that speed. You know, he's not going to be as much in holding up in the run, but doing what he does, he does it really well. So that is my last pick of the night. Kevin, with his last pick, gets the Philadelphia Eagles. Did you get both Eagles picks again? No, Shannon had the first one, took Bijan Robinson. Eagles back on the board here for their second pick. So as mentioned earlier, I was kind of thinking maybe running back would be what the pick would be here, but they already got a running back, so not taking another running back. Such a solid roster. You got people everywhere. Will McDonald would be a good pick here, a guy that you – they love just bringing speed off the ends and the Eagles and just bring them in for plays here and there, take them out, and just keep switching guys around. It'd be a good fit there if he was still around. Um but he's also not left on here. So I'm going to go. Um, let's see here. I am going to take Jack Campbell, University Ooh. of Iowa, just drafting all the Iowa guys. Um, you know, kind of looking at, they got a lot of guys up front. Maybe they could use some more depth in the secondary, but they, they got some good guys back there. Jack Campbell is a very large person um, when you compare his size to lots of the other linebackers available in the draft. Um, he's big. And 
at the combine. Not all the linebackers are running, but he had the fastest, the like the three cone and the, the 20 yard stuff that they do, like all the short stuff that includes short bursts. He was at the top of that, despite being 10, 15, 20 pounds heavier and all the other linebackers bigger, just a massive guy that moves smart kind of thing you want. Um, they got a lot of that speed. They bring off the end, need a big solid guy in the middle, Jack Campbell. Um, good addition to the, the Eagles and their solid defense. I actually have two Simpsons on my list higher rated than Jack Campbell. So I'm just a little surprised by that pick. Um, I, I think it'd be cool to see him go that early and he would, I mean, obviously be joining, joining a really successful roster. And I, I did not watch much Iowa Hawkeye football over the last year or two like you did. They're historically good, dominant defense. And from what I heard, Jack Campbell was the star and the leader of that. Not Lucas Van Ness, not Riley Moss, not some of these other names you're going to hear. I was told that Jack Campbell was the guy on that defense, kind of the captain of the ship. Jack Campbell's like 250 pounds and like 6'5", and as fast as any of these other linebackers in short spurts. Nice. He's... He's exactly what you need to – I mean, he covers. I don't know when you get to the NFL coverage how, how well that's going to go, but he could easily cover anybody that he was playing against in college and stuffing runs left and right. And, you know, if the, the defense that they have and, you know, the Eagles as a whole, they're not really looking for someone to come in and be a star player. They're looking for someone to come in and be a good, solid – not necessarily a rotation. Maybe he's not going to start right away, but a guy who's going to give you good, solid plays when he's out there. Um and that's that's the benefit of being down here with one of these good teams late in the draft. Also, I don't know if this says more about us or the talent pool, but according to my very quick cursory math, there's just as many players from Iowa colleges as any other state. Texas, we have three. I think that's some, you know, Pennsylvania has two, Florida has two, Georgia two, Alabama two. But Iowa and Texas schools producing three players in the first round of our mock. And pick 31, Shannon's going to put a bow on this for us. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, your defending champions. Feels like a pretty complete team, but everybody's got holes. Yeah, ultimately, you're looking to make your team stronger. And um, this would have been an appropriate spot to draft Miles Murphy. Unfortunately, he is no longer available. So now I'm looking at who else is on the board, and I'm like, well, there's another Clemson guy in Brian Bressy and another Clemson guy in Trent Simpson. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of over the Clemson guys. And so um, I'm going to look in a different direction. Um, and I'm going to make my team better by taking the underrated Keon white and hmm. edge out of Georgia tech. Give me him. He's a guy I've seen all over the board. I don't know a whole lot about. Felt like kind of like a third or fourth round pick. And then I saw some people have him kind of the next crop after Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson. So I'm not all that familiar with him, but some people I've seen really love his game. Who do the Chiefs have left for receivers this season? Does it matter? It doesn't really <laughs> matter. It's, I mean, that's kind of where they're at, that it doesn't really matter. They bring in guys. Um, Mark West, the, uh, the TikTok guy, he left, right? And he's gone. Yes. So let's see, we've got Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Packers and Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. Uh, your Iowa favorite, Amir Smith Marset, Justin Watson, 
Justin Ross is a young guy who I thought was going to be a stud, but hasn't really taken off. Uh, so yeah, uh, Sky Moore, I guess, would be the best guy they have. He's a second-year guy. I could see them take a receiver. There's there's not a ton of receiver talent this season, but we had some guys who were talked about in the first round and did not get picked to this point. So if any of those guys are available, um, you know, Cardarius Tony is not really a, a full-time receiver. He's more of a gadget guy, it seems like, that they used in the Giants' dent. Um, they could probably use some more receivers, and they could probably pick anybody in the world, and they'll look like a really good receiver if they fall in the Chiefs' offense. So I could see them picking somebody, but they could probably pick someone in the fourth round from whatever school, and he'll look really good for some reason too. They're, I do like defensive line for them. I would have thought maybe a defensive tackle – would have filled in here, but I, I like Keon White as a guy who can play opposite George Karloftis, and then you have a nice set of young bookends there. And you know, got Nick Bolton as the linebacker leading the way. So very, very young defense for them. Just the rich getting richer. Frank Clark, they got rid of him, and so it's it's natural to want to fill that in, and and uh that's why I made the pick I did. So to recap everything here, go top to bottom. Panthers get Bryce Young, Texans, C.J. Stroud, Cardinals, Will Anderson, the defensive end, the Colts, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Seahawks, Tyree Wilson, defensive end, Detroit Lions, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Las Vegas Raiders, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, the Falcons get Paris Johnson, offensive line, the Bears with Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Eagles, Bijan Robinson, the running back, Titans, Peter Skaronsky, offensive line, Texans, Lucas Van Ness, defensive end, the Jets, Nolan Smith, defensive end, Patriots, Joey Porter Jr. at cornerback, Packers, Broderick Jones, offensive line, Commanders, Dalton Kincaid at tight end, Pittsburgh Steelers, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, the Lions at number 18 with Michael Mayer, the tight end, at number 19, the Bucks, Darnell Wright, offensive lineman, Seahawks, number 20, Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle, 21, the Chargers, Miles Murphy, defensive end, Osiris Torrance going at number 22, the offensive guard to the Ravens. 23, the Vikings get Will Levis at quarterback. 24, the Jags, Deontay Banks, cornerback. 25, the Giants, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback. Cowboys, Brian Branch, safety. Bills, Steve Avia, offensive lineman. The Bengals, Anton Harrison, offensive line. The Saints at 29, Will McDonald, defensive end. Eagles, Jack Campbell, linebacker. And rounding out round number one, the Kansas City Chiefs taking Keon White, the defensive end. Let me just quick fix your guys' screen that you can see. But any names that jump out that we did not pick, I think Anthony Richardson obviously going to be the big one who we didn't have. Probably the biggest one. Zay Flowers, the ones I'm looking at, he's a first round, somewhere in the 20, mid to low 20s. Probably nobody big, though. I would think maybe Drew Simpson if if – Somebody else is going to take a linebacker. Drew Simpson would be a name to mention. Um, in in you're asking for big names, or, um, or first round yeah. surprises, guys you expect to go in the first that we passed. I up. think I Quentin Johnson's the big one. For somebody's going to get dumb and draft him. I'm glad we didn't, but somebody will draft him tomorrow night. Yeah, I he's he's a big bodied wide receiver who can jump, but I I don't quite understand the hype with him compared to. Smith and Jigba, Addison, even like Jalen Hyatt, I really like. Our wonderful little system here reset when we made the last pick, so I got to go clear out all the names. Um, Isaiah Foskey at Notre Dame. I've seen, he's on the list we're looking at. He's at 23rd. I've seen him all the way down to 85th, depending on the board. That's kind of the unpredictability we're looking at. 
Keely Ringo out of Georgia was a guy who I think was like a top 10 pick on some boards and is flirting with the lower half of the first round. Cam Smith is a cornerback. I really like, he's a guy I would have in my top 10, top 15 out of South Carolina. You're physical. You talked about Emmanuel Forbes. He's that guy in the same class for me. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Uh, Dewan Jones, maybe in that first round. Uh, Jalen Hyatt. I love Mozzie Smith. Big fan. Drew Sanders, Felix Anadike Uzama out of K-State. Really like what he brings to the table. I think there's about top, there's about 50 players, I think. You go down to Cody Mock out of North Dakota State or Clark Phillips the third. I'm a huge fan of out of Utah. So plenty of guys here. I think there's about 50 players fighting for 31 spots. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see the depth in this draft where it comes out um, as, as you get down to that third round. Um, like... Like I'm not going to waste a first round pick on Quentin Johnson, who I can't trust. A wide receiver I actually like better is Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Anytime you watch a Michigan State game, like he stands out as a really good player. Um, in in when you watch TCU, like Quentin Johnson drops the ball, and so um, as we get down, like I'm going to wait and take Jaden Reed in the third or fourth round instead of Quentin Johnson in the first. I'm with you on that. You're, there's always going to be fine second, third, fourth, fifth round guys. These are the professionals. These are the guys paid to do it. And they make plenty of mistakes. There's plenty of first round busts and there's plenty of late round gems. So it's it's a lot of guessing. The top guys do tend to work out more often than not as much. We like to focus on the bus. A lot of the top guys are the top guys for a reason. But your, your team, no matter who you are, you're probably going to find somebody in those mid to late rounds that you don't know a lot about. But in two years, they're going to be some of your favorite players. Yeah, that's a great point. Any other final thoughts on the draft before we close this thing up this for this year's edition? I think we did a great job. <laughs> Should we see how many we get right? Do we what's what do we get if we get X amount right tomorrow? Uh you can text the other two and say you did a good job. <laughs> now what if Miles Murphy goes in the top ten? Uh I already have a lineup of gifts and memes that I'll be sending um, to Shannon <laughs> if that happens. So very excited. S- send them all. There's no way. Um, uh, by the way, the freaking heat did it. The bucks blew oh. it in overtime. 128, 126. <laughs> heat win the series four to one. Giannis put up 38 and 20. Jimmy Butler was 42 and eight. Wow. Well, I'm done for the NBA. Now you can just enjoy the games and not care about how your Webby turns out. Jeez. Well, go Knicks, I guess. One thing would be uh, you're, you're going to watch ABC and, and watch the draft picks. Take 10 minutes, flip over and listen to McAfee. Even if you're anti-McAfee, it's really funny when they do their draft stuff because they're such clowns. It's hilarious. Also, not recommended to do it with children in the room, so maybe wait for a later 10 minutes of the draft when the children are not present because it is funny. That's why we keep things PG on the show, make it family-friendly. Absolutely. Also, props to whoever at Pro Football Network ranked 840 players. Am I on the list anywhere? <laughs> if you were Jameez Kimbrough or MJ Link or Tykeem Doss, maybe. There's a lot of people. Got to be some name way down here that we know. 
There's a guy from Tiffin. It's probably going to be the Patriots' first pick. O'Shawn Mathis out of Nebraska. I like him. MJ Anderson. He's way better than 806. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) He's at least I have him top 600. (laughs) He's a good player. He's he's really not. (laughs) MJ Anderson's good. He's good. We're going the... uh, you're going to six round. Well, this uh, this little mock draft simulator, you can do all seven rounds. That just may be the rest of my night and most of draft day. Well, if we have nothing else for the two of you, we're going to put a bow on this. It is very late at night. We're going to try to get this edited, put together, and have it live so you can use it for your draft day prep or listen along and you see how we do versus the, the pros. Uh, any draft betting knowledge we need to give out? People can make money from their couch tomorrow. Young, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This Will Levis stuff, I think it's like, was it under 5.5? I'm certain he's going to be under 5.5. Somebody will take him at three or four. If you can get Will Levis number one for like plus 1,200, take that. Please don't. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can Venmo me, Venmo me your money if you want to do that instead. <laughs> Same thing. All right. Well, we thank you all for joining us. This is fun for us. Our favorite one to do this year, uh, every year, is to do the mock draft special. So happy draft week, everybody. Enjoy it. Kick back, put your feet up on the couch, watch the draft coverage Thursday night, Friday, and most of Saturday. You have seven rounds of the future of your team. We thank you all for joining us here. We will see you on episode one of 103 to recap the draft and talk about the NBA playoffs here on the Sports Gospel, sportsgospel.com, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. We thank you for joining us. 